0: Come on, man! What are we talking about?
1: Right, 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 and wrong.
0: Come on, man! What are we talking about?
1: Right, right, right and wrong. <laughs>
0: <a bad at> Corn <concentrated> pop was a bad dude. Whoa! Corn
1: pop was a bad dude. Whoa! Come on, man! What are we talking about?
2: Right, right, right and wrong. Come on, man! Ooh. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is a show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Rukin and with me as always over there is my man, your man, producer Juice. Holding things down, bringing together, putting together, dominating together. A phenomenal show for you, just like we always do. Isn't that right, my man Juice? Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. <laughs> this is week number two in South Carolina, and we are loving it down here. Things are going great so far. Today's show, we got a bunch of stories to get to. We're going to talk about the raid on uh, Mar-a-Lago from last week and the aftermath of some of that. We're also going to revisit the new guidance from the CDC when it comes to COVID-19, and we'll see what a lot of us knew maybe uh, two years ago now, yeah, when all this started. They're finally coming around with the rest of us. You know we're going to bring you the rights and wrongs of the week. we got a bunch of good ones lined up for you. And you know we're going to end the show with the always fun, always popular, come on man segment of the day it's one of our favorite ones on this show and we know you guys love it as well before we move on to the meat of the show here I do have to remind everybody please 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 give us a like and a follow and a uh, subscribe on all of our social media platforms if you're on Apple or Spotify give us one of those thumbs ups thumbs up one too many sus sounds there what do you think there, juice bro but Please, you know, it really helps the show. Really, uh, really trying to get our names out there. So share us with your friends. Like I said, subscribe to these uh, shows. Let the algorithm know that we're here. Getting some love over on the YouTube page. I told you we're still working on the website, so that's going to be dropping pretty soon. So we need your help. And uh, I guess that's my plea and I'm sticking to it. Juice, what do you think? You think we should move on to the good stuff now that we're done with our little pitch? All right, I think I can do that. Want we bring in our best friend, our favorite celebrity, Mister Ric Flair, baby? Cause it is showtime! Woo!
1: Showtime! Woo! 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 Woo!
2: Starting today's show off uh, these monologue segments. The uh, the idea behind them for me is that I want to kind of have a theme to it that's going to um play out. Wrote the rest of the show that we're about to listen to, or that you're about to listen to, and that's kind of where my head's at for this one. And it's, uh, you know, it's pretty personal, I guess, um, like most things on this show are, because it's, uh, it's me sitting here rambling in front of a microphone. <laughs> so this one though is a little bit more specific to my, uh, you know, health and and visits to to the doctors and um, you know things that. I've been prescribed um, over the last few years, I guess. So, I guess with that in mind, one, I'll stop trying to say I guess, <laughs> and two, uh, I will continue with the story. So, I've always been a little bit hyperactive, hard hard time trying to focus when there's more than one thing going on. And I, uh, you know, I, I saw a doctor over the over this stuff a few years back, and we figured out it was, um, you know, was a psychologist. But we figured out that like, putting myself on some sort of ADHD medication, uh, Adderall, and like an antidepressant, I don't remember the names of those. It's been a couple different ones that they, that they switched around. And having gone through that whole thing, and now being on the other side of it, it's been kind of eye-opening. And that's going to be a theme with the medical community on today's show. And I just, I relate to it because I lived right through this and i'm sure many of you have have done the same thing or you know have, have had similar experiences i feel like america as a whole we're way too over prescribed um everything out there these days that's the solution someone comes in like i'm you know a little bit down in the dumps about something or having trouble like with energy and focusing instead of trying to like look at like my diet or my exercise habits. It's just, oh, here, let me write you a script. Here you go. Oh, that's not quite feeling fine. Oh, let me up the dosage or let me uh, add this one onto it as well. And it's a never ending cycle. So uh, I'd say about seven months ago now, I just completely stopped all of it and I've never felt better in my life. But having lived through it and having been prescribed like medications, none of it made a difference i don't think like it it didn't solve any any root of the problem issues and i hesitate even with the word issues because it's not like like i don't want to try to paint myself in in like really like deep depression like can't move can't focus can't live my life because that's never been the case but um just your typical everyday like blahness or like feeling like uh you know no no direction in my life uh of where i want to go and and how to get there and you know instead of just working a little bit harder on on figuring myself out and talking with um you know with my loved ones my friends and my family it was just here take this pill uh and, and you'll feel great and instead of just it just makes you feel like numb and that's the world we're living in these days I don't understand how um, it's gotten to this point. I definitely believe that, like my father-in-law likes to say, it's all about the money, Brian. I totally buy into that because think about all the money that these pharmaceutical companies make off of that, and think about the work of a psychologist, of a doctor. How much easier it is for them to to be doing, you know, quote their job if they just write a script instead of uh you know really digging in 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 taking that deep dive i mean it's human nature that none of us like to hear our flaws i mean i i think it's human nature who knows maybe there's some freaks out there that like hearing the things they're not good at (laughs) but i know i sure don't so instead of like a doctor a psychologist um Whatever, like looking you in the face and being like, hey, listen, I could give you this pill and uh, it'll make you like numb to everything or we can dive deep here and figure out what's at the root of the problem here. And, you know, I talked last week about this transition of moving and uh, relocating and new job and, and all of that stuff, I think, plays into the that mindset instead of just being prescribed like a medication I think the real root of the problem is feeling like you're in a in a uh, directionless career and uh, being in a place that that me and my family didn't really want to be in and all that stuff like weighs on people. And it's hard to really, you know, peel the onion back and take a look and, and dive deep into those issues. And I think the most important part of it is to actually do something about it. And I, and I think that's been a big help, at least, uh, you know, for me. And I know uh, I know plenty of people that, you know, I've had conversations like this with them about, and I think, I don't know if we're all seeing it at the same time or not, or why I guess we're seeing it all at the same time, but it's like that industry of the medical professionals just simply wanting to over-prescribe everything. Like I said, I'm not the only one who feels this way, and maybe some of you out there in the audience have have gone through similar situations, but one of the things for me that that's really had me re-examine my situation was when you see medical professionals deal with this transgender BS, or the way that the medical professionals have dealt with COVID, or the way that just the people that, that make the decisions in this world or in this country try to manipulate information and data that's going to benefit them and and encourage us to do what they want us to do. And I think at least for me, seeing the way that that was handled throughout the world, throughout the country, um, seeing the way it's covered by the news, it's made me skeptical of everything. Why be a slave to a prescription drug when I can just take better care of myself when I can exercise some more, get out in the, in the world some more, improve my situation at work or at home or amongst friends or in the community, um, going back to church. That was a huge difference in my life. Instead of looking for, um, looking for answers with that medication, you find some answers in your maker. You find answers in God, in Jesus, in your faith. To me, that's much more powerful than anything a psychologist can do for you. That's much more powerful than anything the pharmaceutical companies can do for you. So, I don't know. I figured I'd uh, I'd throw that one out there to you guys. Kind of let you know where my head's at a little bit. And hopefully, may- maybe this message hits somebody else and you, and somebody who is on some antidepressants or some medications thinks a little bit about, about this conversation, about this discussion, and reexamines if they really need it, how much it's really helping them in their lives, or if there are other solutions, because that's the problem. The other solutions are never discussed, and I think it's much more impactful. It has been for me, so I don't know. That's my message, and I'm sticking to it. And that's just all, the, all there is to it. I, I don't ever really see myself going back onto any sort of uh, medication unless it's, like, absolutely necessary to, like, save your life or whatever. Um, these psychological ones, that's for the birds, my friends. All we need psychologically is strong family, healthy relationship with God, and a little bit of self-confidence in your meaning and your purpose in life. All right, so it's about that time when we get to the wrongs of the week for you all. Uh, Or y'all. Is that how they say it down here? You all. 'all, Y'all. 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 You've got this
1: kind of like Florida panhandle thing going, whereas what you really want is more of a Savannah accent, which is more like molasses just sort of spilling out of your mouth.
2: (laughs) Okay, it's about that time when we get to the wrongs of the week for y'all. Did that sound better, people? What do you think? I don't know. Onion's already dogging me for my southern accent. <laughs> All right. So let's get to it. Maybe that accent, maybe my y'all is just a wrong. Maybe we can ding that up for next week. So before I dig myself a hole any uh, deeper than I'm already in, why don't we just get to it, Juice? You ready?
1: I was born ready, Lord S. All right.
2: Here we go.
0: Number five.
2: Why don't we go over to the uh, great state of Pennsylvania into the city of Pittsburgh and go to Pittsburgh's Children's Hospital and find out why they think you can just do a timeout on puberty.
0: Hi, my name is Priya Dar. I'm one of the doctors at the Center for Adolescent and Young Adult Health here at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. I wanted to talk to you guys today a little bit about puberty blockers. Puberty blockers are basically a medication that says, hey, let's just put a pause on puberty. Um, And that can be really beneficial for younger kids who have already started the puberty process who either might um, go through a lot of psychological distress as they go through puberty, if they're uh, struggling with gender dysphoria, or for somebody who's saying, hey, I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable in my body or or what gender I truly identify with. Wow.
2: I'm not very very sure I feel comfortable with that um, whole concept, the whole uh, pausing puberty, and we'll deal with that a little bit later. We'll kick the can down the road a little bit. Are you kidding me? I mean, who out there wouldn't have wanted to... uh, not go through that awkward, gangly phase. Who wouldn't have wanted to avoid having pimples all over their face? I know I was in that boat. (laughs) Not very good. Right, Juice? You remember me back then. Ooh. Ladies, look away, please. To think that people in the medical industry... There's someone working at a children's hospital trying to appeal to either sappy parents who are lost or trying to reach out directly to children at their most vulnerable state in their development, probably. Nobody's comfortable going through puberty. It's weird. It's awkward. You're just, you all, like, you should all remember this. It's insane how mainstream the left is making this. And they try to flip it around and say that where... The strange ones where the ones being harmful to kids by speaking up about this, by speaking out against this nonsense. I mean, if this doesn't like peel back the onion on the medical community, I don't know what else you guys need to see. This is just utterly, utterly wrong and inappropriate. And we need to get loud about it. We need to put an end to it. Because the libs aren't going to stop. The progressives, they are not going to stop. They are all in on this. They are uh, what us poker players out there like to call pot committed with this gender theory nonsense. And you're not a bigot. You're not a homophobe. You're not um, an old stiff relic of the past. If you don't buy into this utter garbage. So please, I say it a lot on this show. You need to talk about this stuff. Um, at family parties with friends, when you're out being social, you got to start talking about this stuff, bringing up how ridiculous it is and making people aware of just how far it's going and how we can't just ignore it and avoid it because it's an awkward conversation you might have. Next number four, let's, uh, let's hear from our vice president and, uh, see if we can get a little bit of an equity lesson from her. Huh? What do you guys think? I'm not too confident, but let's hear what she had to say. So when we talk about equality, well, that's a good goal. But let us not presume that because everyone should be treated equal, that they start out on equal footing. So equity, as a concept says, recognize that everyone has the same capacity But in order for them to have equal opportunity to reach that capacity, we must pay attention to this issue of equity if we are to expect and allow people to compete on equal footing. This woman might be the most unskilled politician I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) It's like a train wreck watching her speak every time she does one of these things. It's just like her crutch word during that was equal equity. Like when in doubt, just circle back Saki to the word equity or equal, you know, because it's not equal if it's not equitable. Oh, and it's hilarious when you guys uh, actually get to see like a clip like that. You could tell she's in trouble and not sure where she's going as she's speaking when she starts nodding her head along like she starts using the hands a little bit more and she starts, like, doing, like, this nod, like, like you're with me, right? Right? Huh? Come on. And, like, I think she's probably been surrounded by enough yes men in her life or enough favorable crowds that when she starts doing that, she'll get some nods, some reassuring nods out there in the crowd. And it makes her feel a little bit more comfortable, like she's actually doing something um, important or or actually making a point. That whole clip makes me think uh, think back to... Ah, uh, plane strains and automobiles. That whole rant that Steve Martin goes on when he's flipping out in the hotel. Here's what. Here's an idea. When you speak, when you tell a story, have a point. It makes it that much more enjoyable for the listener.
0: <laughs> and by the way, you know when you're when you're telling these little stories. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's awesome. But, I mean, she's just, she's never going to get it. Um, And the Democratic Party is lost. They have no hope. They're going to get crushed in 2024 because you're either running back weekend at Biden's or you're trotting her out there. <laughs> like, or or who else is there? Who else do they have left? Gavin Newsom? Joke. Mayor Pete? See you later. Who else is there? I, I, I don't see anybody that's going to come in and... and Appeal to regular, normal, average people, because they are a party of out-of-touch elitists. And Kamala Harris over there, she's the poster child of a out-of-touch elitist. Next,
0: number three.
2: Let's go back to uh, these gender nut jobs and visit uh, my former my former home in Boston. There, at Boston Children's Hospital. Because you know why? Up there in that crazy Queen Woo run city, it is happy hysterectomy time.
0: Gender-forming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophrectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed.
2: All right, let's just right, um, let's just give perfectly healthy... Normal, average children or young adults, life-altering hysterectomies. Yeah, let's play some happy music in the background there and get this person up there smiling, talking about how, how, uh, you know, nothing to see here. Don't pay attention. It's just a standard, you know, routine hysterectomy on someone who doesn't need it. Um, you know, it's just an elective surgery. People should be shaming Someone like that who wants to advocate for that. That person should have no social life. People should be asking her what's wrong with her. You're out there advocating for that. You're out there pushing that on people. And you're doing it with a smile and some happy music behind it. Like it's all just normal, routine part of your day. Get out of here with that. Absolutely absurd. And I'm telling you, I said it already. There's a reason why we're we're doing another one of these gender type of things in the wrongs. There's a reason because you need to be aware of how often and how regular the left is trying to make these types of procedures. I said it before. I said it in 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 number five, the mainstreaming of this stuff. And that's what they're trying to do. And we can't let them do it. We got to put an end to it now. Nip it in the bud, right? But we can't let this stuff keep happening. And we can't let them Normalize it because it's not normal. And I'm telling you, I know a lot of people up there in Boston. I might know someone who actually does work at Boston Children's Hospital. I don't care if you're the janitor. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a surgeon. I don't care if you're a midnight watchman. If you work at Boston Children's Hospital, you need to get out of there because you're supporting this. You're allowing this by staying there. And I know that's easier said than done, but it's about time that you make a stand. You're going to be okay taking money from a place that's doing that to children? You can sleep at night knowing that your paycheck is coming from that. There's plenty of work out there. There's plenty of other hospitals. There's plenty of places you can go. You cannot continue to work at a place like that that's going to allow, promote, and mainstream mutilating healthy children. Next,
0: Number two. All
2: right, here we go. This one's going out to uh the doctor himself, the man who literally is the science. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. And let's see what he has to say about the Fauci effect. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know as Trust me, I'm I I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean it's nice, but I mean it's it's I, I, people go to medical school now people are interested in science not because of me because people most people don't know me who i am my friends know me my wife knows me but people don't know me it's what i symbolize and what i symbolize in a in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on people, the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. (laughs) Unbelievable with this guy. You know what the sad thing is? His ego is so big and he loves himself. Some Dr. Fauci so much that he doesn't even realize that what he actually symbolizes, what he actually stands for, is the complete distrust, the complete downfall of the medical community. That's the Fauci effect. He wants to sit there and talk about, uh, try, try and give himself the old, uh, I'm the best without saying I'm the best, the old humble brag, if you will. Look, I mean, uh, some people are saying that, uh, you know, everybody's becoming a doctor now because they want to represent the science and the truth, because I literally walk around and represent. Science and truth. You cannot argue with me. That's what I represent as Dr. Fauci. I mean, I'm not the one saying it. It's all these people saying it. And all these people that are now signing up to be the, the Fauci. Ugh. <laughs> like, he doesn't even, he's not even good at doing that. There's some people that can do that without you even realizing they're doing it. But man, the ego on this guy. Insane. I mean, Some people are saying that The Right and Wrong Show is the greatest, the best, the most uh, enjoyable podcast that's started in the year 2022. You know, I'm not saying that, certainly, certainly not, but some, you know, people are. And who am I to argue with them? I mean, if people are saying it, they're saying it. And by people, I mean uh, me and maybe Producer Juice, but, you know, people are saying that. oh fauci next
0: number one wrong of the week
2: all right and the number one wrong this week we're gonna go uh right back to that medical community again and stick with the theme of the wrongs this week and revisit another one of these boston children hospital clips that's been uh circling around gone viral is that what they say juice it's gone viral yeah here's another one that has and uh this one's all about
0: creating fake penises. A phalloplasty is a procedure to uh, basically create uh, uh, a penis or a phallus for uh, an individual who was born biological female and who seeks transition to uh, a male uh, gender. The procedure is done with plastic surgeons and urologists. The urologists manipulate the tissues in the surrounding area to lengthen the urethra, a new scrotum is created, and uh, some of the anatomical parts of uh, the female anatomy are removed. The plastic surgeons are in charge of creating a new tissue that will ultimately meet the lengthened urethra and the additional tissue that's been moved to uh, create uh, the uh, neophallus. We typically utilize tissue from elsewhere For example, the forearm or the thigh is used. The plastic surgeons are also responsible for uh, providing sensation by doing the nerve coaptation so that the new phallus will have sensation and also responsible for reestablishing the blood supply and also to shape it in a way that appears more um, physiologically and anatomically uh, like a natural one.
2: Wow. There you go, Bass. At least there's a procedure for you out there if you ever need it. (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't laugh. It's disturbing. It's sickening. And we're clearly a culture, a society, and a country that has lost its way. That's our medical community. These people are supposed to be the smartest people. They're supposed to be the most ethical people. They're supposed to be the people that set the tone for the rest of, of the regular people out there. That are working, you know, your, your nine to fives going home and uh, and and spending time with our families. These people, these the scientists, the doctors, the politicians—they're supposed to be the ones that have risen to the top for a reason, that have used their knowledge, their smarts, their their natural abilities to better us as a people, and specifically here, this country. But these people have lost their way. They haven't been told no nearly enough in their lives, and they're not a serious people. This is not a serious country. It's not a serious world if we have people that are gifted and have the ability to perform life-saving medical care on their fellow human beings, but choose to use that talent and that ability to create fake penises out of carved off skin from their forearms this is what they choose to do with their talent and we're okay with this you need to get upset i know i am i know the truth box is time to get on board people because this is utterly absurd and it needs to stop but it won't if we continue to live our lives as if this is not happening out of sight out of mind that doesn't do it for me anymore. And I hope it doesn't do it for you anymore either. This is some scary stuff. We're at a crossroads, and you need to decide what side of the road you're on. Which path are you willing to go down? Are you going to be able to lay your head on your pillow comfortably 50 years from now, knowing you lived through this and did nothing? It's about time we put an end to this garbage, and we need to use our voices. We need to use our minds, and we need to come together to do it. I'm disgusted by this, and I hope you are too. All right, all right, all right. So, you've all heard by now about the president's residence in Mar-a-Lago being raided by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We've never seen anything like this in this country. Imagine the president of the United States with his appointed puppet, swirly boy Merrick Garland, running the DOJ going and attacking, raiding, trying to arrest your political rival, the person you just beat in an election, the former president of the United States and most likely the challenger for the presidency in 2024, you're going to use the FBI to raid that person's home for what? They still how many times how, how many times has this story changed in the week since it's happened? What were they going in for? Oh, 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 because he had declassified information on him that he didn't declassify as the president of the United States before taking it? Oh, was it nuclear codes? Oh, was it uh, a plot to overthrow the the country? What were you looking for? You know what what it was. I know what it was. That was the DOJ. That was the slimy, weasel Merrick Garland, who's still butthurt over the fact that He got blocked from being a Supreme Court justice, thankfully. That was him casting a fishing line out there and just looking for a bite, any kind of a bite. And again, no consideration whatsoever for what that did and what that is doing for the credibility of our institutions in this country. This knucklehead doesn't care that he has now effectively ruined the FBI for... A large portion of the United States public. I know that's the final straw for me. I don't like any of these huge government institutions. I think they've all gotten out of control. And they just keep swelling and growing. They're like a growing monkeypox on somebody. (laughs) They just keep continuing to grow and grow and grow. I want to pop these things and let them ooze out. Ugh. That image. Sorry. Sorry for that image. These things continue to grow and expand and add, take more liberties. They have no problem taking away freedoms from us. Uh, They definitely don't have problems taking them away from a former president of the United States. And I'm at the point where it's like, get rid of them. We got to disband these things. I'm not against law enforcement. I'm not against the idea of an FBI that's going to be used correctly but it's become nothing more than a political pawn, the entire agency, because it's filled with these ridiculous appointed puppets. And that is how all this stuff boils down in a nutshell for me. And you guys know I came from from a city job, Boston city job, where you have 15 different chiefs or 15, 15 different manager, supervisor type of gigs with no support and no care for the Indians on the, on the ground floor. So... No doubt in my mind, the, a, a place like the FBI is, is probably run the same way. You get all these regular regular working stiffs, if you will, that are on the ground, your regular agents, but they have 15 different bosses they need to report to, and all those people are all political hacks. They all know somebody who knew somebody who got them in there, and they donated to a political campaign, and they're connected somehow, and all these knuckleheads are in there, and they make these moves trying to justify their own positions. And that's what's wrong with a ton of these government agencies. That right there is the deep state. That's the bureaucracy that has become or that has, that has grown over the years. You know, that was something that Trump talked about during his first campaign. And he did plenty of great things when he got in there policy-wise. But draining the swamp, that was a huge appeal that he talked about. I'm sorry, he did not drain that enough. He didn't shake things up enough on, on that front. And the swamp worked to undermine his presidency the entire time he was in there. And now this is what we're left with, too. So if he is the nominee and he does win coming up, or if it is a Ron DeSantis or anybody else, I want someone who's going to come in there and going to restructure all these organizations. Less administrators, more agents, less bureaucracy, please. I don't want all these FBI directors... All these FBI uh, chiefs in, in whatever positions you're going to call them, administrators, they don't need to be in an office building. Cut down the uh, chain of command a little bit. Make it a little bit more direct and get back to basics. The FBI was great when they were, when they were going after the Tony Sopranos of the world. <laughs> but then you wanted to have them look at domestic terrorism and all this stuff and and you wanted to turn them into quasi CIA agents and that's where it's gone off the rails. And unfortunately that's uh that's George W who expanded on that front for us. But at the end of the day, this whole thing, this whole raid, it's bananas. Something this like I said this country has never seen before and we can't accept it. And the sad thing is like I don't want to be going back and forth every four years, every eight years with a Democrat coming in and then sicking the FBI and and all these government agencies on their political opponents. And I don't want Republicans coming in and doing that to the Democrats either. I want the people to vote people out of power that are terrible, and I want the people that come into place to rein in the unelectable, the unelected bureaucrats. But the hard thing is the Democrats need that. They need the unelected unaccountable because their policies, their ideas, philosophies are so ridiculous that they can't come out and advocate for it and still get voted and still earn people's votes. So they need to come say the right things there to us, to the voters, and then let the appointed hacks that they have in place go do their dirty work for them and then they get to pretend like hey we don't control that we're not gonna uh we're not gonna gonna tell the fbi what they can and cannot do we're not gonna we, we we're not putting in a uh a, a puppet doj director but we all know they are we all know that's how they're doing it and we know what's going on here all right here we are with the rights of the week baby let's bring in some good stuff some happy things some stuff to be uh, proud of i guess just some good old-fashioned people doing the right thing all right number five this is a tiktoker who wants to clarify uh racism for us juice fire him up guys you should know minneapolis did it they did it they solved racism See what I mean? Minneapolis teachers union agreement stipulates white teachers to be laid off first, regardless of seniority. Who would have thought to beat racism, you just have to be racist. (laughs) Yep. Uh, you guys hear about that one? Yeah. The teachers union just allowed that to happen. I mean, you know me, I, uh, I've seen the light, I guess, if you will, when it comes to, uh, unionization and, and all of that stuff, um. I mean, this is. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole yet because it's a much longer and bigger discussion. But essentially, um, I think unions served a purpose, were needed during the Industrial Revolution, and um, I think they have outlived their need. And now it's just um, you know more political hacks that are that are self interested, um, don't really care about the actual workers, and. A story like this just kind of hammers that home. That's a contract negotiated by union leadership in Minneapolis who now have completely abandoned any of their teachers that have been there for 20, 30 years. Anybody who's done a good job and, and held their position and has been a reliable worker for a long time, that doesn't matter anymore. Because God forbid, the color of their skin might be white. So if they need to lay people off, sorry, you're on your ass. We're going to let uh, anybody else stay, just not the white people. I mean, this is ridiculous. And if you don't see that, then you're just a moron. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it just is what it is. And you can expand this conversation, too, um, because that shows you how ridiculous uh, affirmative action is, too. Judge me for, for my my character, not my not the color of my skin. Like, come on. Same goes when it, when it comes to laying off teachers or hiring people in the first place. Judge them by their ability, by their effort, by their um, work ethic, anything but the color of their skin. Nothing more racist than that. Next.
0: Number four.
2: This one happens to be a story on NBC News, uh, an article that they released that, <laughs> that clarifies monkeypox research. You guys ready for this? Alright, so, how about this? This is just the headline of the article. Sex between men, not skin contact, is fueling monkeypox, new research suggests. And then underneath that, the subheading. The claim that skin-to-skin contact during sex between men, not intercourse itself, drives most monkeypox transmission is likely backward, a growing group of experts say. So, all that nonsense about you're homophobic... Um, you're attacking the gay community. If you try to say that monkeypox is being spread between gay men, gay sex, then you're a bigot, right? All those people that that wanted to call you that, now the truth is slowly but surely coming out. And guess what? It's not getting as much highlight as the backlash to the people who were saying this two weeks ago were getting. I mean, I did a whole segment on this stuff in last week's episode. In in that whole kink fest in San Francisco. I mean, if you really cared about the gay community, if you really cared about protecting homosexuals, you'd be honest with them. You'd let them know that they're at a much greater risk of transmitting and passing this disease by having gay sex. It's going to be passed and spread a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot more commonly through gay anal sex. So this whole article is talking about skin-to-skin contact is not... Uh, a great transmitter. So give someone a high five, shake their hand, bump shoulders with someone. That's not the way people are getting monkeypox. They're getting it by being in these close, intimate, sexual atmospheres with each other. And we all knew this over a month ago, but nobody wanted to say it. At least this story, You and and again, actually, not at least this story, you know how true this is now by the fact that NBC News is writing an article about it. Because you know they didn't want to write this. They tried to avoid this topic for how long now? And you mean to tell me you trust these people? You trust the medical opinions? Get out of here with that. Next.
0: Number three.
2: Let's go to Representative Matt Gates and hear what he had to say about uh, when he was questioned about women at abortion rallies. Juice, number three.
0: Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended.
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. Now, say what you want uh, about Matt Gates. I know he uh, he is a controversial uh, character, but that one just made, made me and the truth box laugh over there. Uh, I love it. <laughs> he just... So bluntly, matter of fact, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and and the reporter there, like, doesn't know how to handle that. She's like, she thought she had him with, like, a got you question, I think, and was hoping or, or like, expecting him to try to dance around it. And he's just like, yep, yep, it's true. Go ahead. Be offended by it. Ah, <laughs> oh, awesome. Next. Number two. All right. So this one just happened uh, just the other night. But. Mr. Potato Head himself, Brian Stelter, got himself, ah, uh, booted from CNN, the most trusted name in news.
1: Yes, I'd like to ask Brian on national television, admit he and his network are a bunch of liars about Donald
0: Trump. This is Kevin in Princeton, Indiana. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Stelter is the biggest minister of misinformation I have ever heard, and I'm a news junkie. He made the statement just a few minutes ago that he is uh, all the stories are always evolving. Yeah, his stories absolutely evolve. Brian Stelter. Thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it. Savannah, Georgia. Rick, good morning. You're next.
1: My suggestion is whatever CNN says, do the opposite and you'll be fine.
0: Aurora, Indiana. This is Robert. Good morning. You're on with Brian Stelter.
1: You know, CNN, is just something that's it's a joke. It's a joke. This guy tells more lies, and Fox gives more news than CNN does. In our what lie? Uh, what lie did I tell? Two years. It's not a good lies.
2: Brian, you're fired.
1: Thank you for the feedback. I, I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> what a great mashup. Uh, I wonder why the guy got fired. I wonder why he's out. Could it be any of those things we just heard? Ah, uh, what a joke. That that network is garbage. Uh, I've heard the joke made before. I've heard heard this statement, but uh without airport lounges, CNN would have zero viewership. <laughs> oh man, hilarious. I wonder where that guy's gonna land. Next. Number one, right of the week. All right, and our number one right of the week is gonna be this uh, I'm calling it a campaign ad. It, it wasn't actually called a campaign ad. By the team Trump, but I mean, listen to the audio here that we're going to play. It, it sounds and fails and looks like a campaign ad. Uh, again, I'm on record as saying I want it to be Ron DeSantis, but um, I think Trump is uh, planning on running at least. And I love this video at least. I, I love what he has to say during this. So it's a long video, so I'm going to uh, we fast forward it a little bit to try and get some of our favorite stuff from it, but. Um, it's all about, you know, where we are right now as a country and then, you know, ties it up with the, uh, there's room to be great again. Right. <laughs> then that, That's kind of the theme. All right. So why don't you, uh, why don't you, why don't you get a, give a listen to it here. Juice, uh, I think we're, we're going to start it at the one Oh seven mark.
1: We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party. Like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked whose deliveries are not coming and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke.
2: All right, why don't we pause that right there for a sec, Juice? Um, Yeah, I mean, can you argue with any of that stuff? We are a joke right now. We're a global joke. When you got Biden and Harris parading themselves up there trying to give speeches or trying to put on a sports coat like the president tried to do a few weeks back and couldn't even do that. It's bad. And every one of those points that he touched on is true. And it wasn't like that when he was running the show. I'm sorry. Whether you hate the guy or like the guy, we weren't a joke. All right, Juice, you ready to wrap this one up? All right, why don't we uh, come back in? I'm gonna. We're going to unpause that. And uh, now that he listed all those things, here's all the positive stuff. Take it away, Mr. President
1: but soon we will have greatness again. It was hard-working patriots like you who built this country, and it is hard-working patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever 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 we will never give in we will never give up and we will never ever back down we will never let you down as long as we are confident and you know the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance because we are americans and americans kneel to god and god alone and it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again
2: Hoorah <laughs> I mean, I got goosebumps listening to that one, guys. Hope you did too. Uh, and I do wanna wanna point out the uh the difference here when in the wrongs I talked about the sappy music in the background when these doctors were talking about mutilating young women. Because this commercial, this ad, this whatever you wanna call it, did the same thing with the music in the background as Trump's talking. And that's the way political ads are run. You know, that that's that's okay. Like, and I like the music in that, that melancholy kinda kinda tone to it. And then as he started flipping with those positive things about how we're gonna fix these things, got a little bit more like upbeat inspirational. And that's that was done perfectly. The difference is he's given a political message talking about things that are going on in this country and, and how we're gonna fix them. Not um giving healthy women hysterectomies or creating fake penises by using the skin of someone's forearm. I think the message matters and they were trying to normalize and, and couch what they were actually talking about by using that type of music to um lull the audience into, into a uh, familiar sense of, of normalcy. So obviously we use Trump in the, in the rights because we think that that is right. And that's the correct way to do that. And to use that music, that type of music. And I just think it was completely manipulative manipulative, and wrong to try to use it the way that the doctors tried to use it during our wrong segment. So there you have it. That is our uh, five rights of the week. All right, all right, all right. And we need to get to this story here that uh, I feel like it kind of flew in and flew out. Uh, a week ago, and there's not enough outrage, in my opinion, uh, about what the CDC just did. So I'm sure you've all seen it or at least heard it. But uh, again, like I said, I think it kind of came in and came out so quickly that um, the news cycle just moved on to the next thing. But these new guidelines that the CDC released for COVID, um, you know, the guidelines where they basically said uh, there's no difference between somebody who is vaccinated and is unvaccinated. The guidelines where they all of a sudden decided that it is no longer necessary to isolate or to quarantine if you become exposed to COVID. So they're slowly but surely peeling everything back. They're opening up the banana peel. They're taking these guidelines away. They're gonna they're gonna do it. They're not gonna do it all at once, like ripping off a band aid like what they should do and just kinda give us a Hey, you know, we, we were wrong. We we got this wrong. It's okay to admit that sometimes. But they can't. They won't. So they're going to try to, like, take these little baby steps. And they'll give you a little bit now. Because, uh you know, they're still telling you that it's still highly recommended to wear a well-fitting mask or an N95. Get out of here with that. You know it and I know it. These masks don't do jack. All they do is make someone feel like they're doing something about it. I'm sorry. If you have it, that mask isn't stopping you from from spreading it to somebody. You can keep it on all you want. You can tell yourself anything you need to tell yourself. But the way that us normal everyday Americans wear these stupid masks, they're not preventing anything because you're touching it all day long. You're pulling it up and down. You're doing the old uh, Biden move from the other day where he had it on, took it off to cough into his own hand. (laughs) how many people you see do that i mean it just needs to be done it's over get over it libs progressives dems out there you effectively used this pandemic to win yourselves an election to get old man grandpa joe in there and get rid of trump but that's about all you needed it for you should not have kept going with it for the next for the last two and a half years and the fact that they're coming out and saying this um shows you just how ridiculous all of this is because you know they don't want to do that so if they're if they're coming out and saying this stuff, releasing these guidelines now, what are they afraid to give what what uh, where are they drawing the line right now? why are they stopping? They didn't want to do that they want to keep this thing going so it's really bad if they're actually coming out and saying this, even though it's it's not as blunt and direct as I would like it to be. this is their way of saying, whoops, got this wrong but they're trying to couch it. They're trying to make it still sound um, fancy and medical for you. It's funny. I saw an uh, article that I'm looking at that that came out on CNN.com, of course, and it's an interview with that garbage um, propaganda doctor, Dele- Leanna Wen, who's flip-flopped so many times on this thing um, and, and is CNN's medical expert when it comes to covid and it's hilarious because like the q a within the article she's talking about uh now that they're trying to make a difference between quarantine and isolation so they just want to use these like terms and these words and then redefine them all the time just like michael knowles great book speechless controlling controlling words, controlling minds uh but he nails it in that book it's it's like the the libs and the left Like, to manipulate words constantly and change the meaning of words uh, to fit their narrative whenever they'd like. And they beat you over the head with it. They use it so often that it just becomes, you know, the accepted term. So, I mean, quarantine and isolation? Like, are you kidding me? We're really splitting hairs over the difference between those two words? It's like, like, stay in your house, you morons if that's what they that that's what they're saying it is but now they want to tell you like oh no quarantine you're going to go be a bubble boy in a room and no one can come around you but isolation is um you could stay in your house and just move from room to room in your house it's not technically a quarantine like what are we talking about here at the end of the day they now have admitted that if you come within contact of somebody You don't need to do anything about it. And we know that this could have been going on for years now, because if you remember back, they were making nurses come into work after they were, after they were uh, exposed, after they were close contacts to people because they needed the nurses in the hospitals. So, like, the one profession, the one thing that, like, if this was as serious as they wanted it to be, you shouldn't have been bringing nurses into hospitals who were exposed that profession they were okay with it because they needed them. But someone who works in a in an office park, don't go in there. Cause God forbid a telemarketer is gonna go in and uh infect an entire call center. Can't have that happening. But our nurses, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've been exposed. Oh yeah, come on in. You know, we'll run the risk of you exposing and uh and getting the entire hospital severely sick with COVID. These especially uh susceptible people here in the hospital, the sick, the elderly. Yeah, come on around them, because we need you, the nurse, to be here at work. No problem. You see how backwards this stuff is and has been? And the more they try to couch it and and dress it up for us, the worse they end up looking for it. And the Leanna Wens of the world, the Dr. Fauci's of the world, the President of the United States, you guys all wonder why us, the American people, don't believe you anymore and have a problem when you try to issue guidance and guidelines to us it's stuff like this and you've done it to yourself you've lost your own credibility and it's going to be extremely hard to earn that back all right ladies and gentlemen it is that time of the show a glorious time in our show when we get to move on to one of our first favorite segments that we've ever had on this show it's our Come on, man. Segment of the day. I know I get excited for this. The truth box loves it. And I'm glad you guys all like it out there, too. Who do we have this week? Well, in case you haven't heard yet, there's a certain congresswoman who calls herself a Republican and decided to completely abandon the Republican Party, decided to go into business for herself and try and suck up to the liberal progressive Democrats who just want to use her for... Maybe 15 minutes of fame until they kick her to the curb for the next Republican squish. I'm talking about none other than Liz Cheney. Well, as you probably know by now, Liz Cheney lost in the primary for her re-election bid. The primary. Oh, I love it. Not just got defeated by a Democrat. She got defeated by another Republican. A no-name Republican who has not held office yet came in and beat someone with the last name Cheney. That's how terrible of a candidate Liz Cheney became. And the reason why we chose to use her for the Come On Man segment this week is because of the ridiculous concession speech that she tried to give after she realized that she got walloped. You guys will never guess who she tries to not so subtly compare herself to. Just trying to be honest here. I just want to be honest. I'm not living in a log cabin. I'm not wearing a top hat. I don't have a pointy beard. I'm just an honest man with a microphone in front of me. But let's see what Liz Liz Cheney had to say. All right, Juice, fire away.
0: The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Speaking at Gettysburg of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. As we meet here tonight, that remains our greatest and most important task.
2: <laughs> oh, she's trying to compare herself to Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest, most influential Americans who's ever lived, and you're Liz Cheney. <laughs> Oh, I love it. How about near the end there when she says government for the people, of the people, by the people. But the reason why you just lost, you jackass, is because you went to Washington, D.C. and got into business for yourself, by yourself, with yourself.
1: You're not gonna eat uh, yeah!
2: <laughs> you completely abandoned the people of Wyoming. You did not fight for the people of Wyoming. You did nothing for them you grandstanded against a fellow Republican because you didn't like his attitude because you didn't like his tweets because you didn't like that he had orange skin <laughs> you're an idiot and you picked the the wrong battle to fight instead of trying to worry about orange man bad you should have worried about the Democratic Party transing the children you should have worried about the Democratic Party setting the country on fire during the summer of 2020 and the riots that that took place. You should have worried about those insurrections. Instead, you tried to pick a fight for your own personal gain, and you abandoned the voters that put you there. You abandoned the will of the people, and you pursued the will of the Cheney. Fortunately for you, I guess, you're going to have plenty of time now to go get a gig working on The View as the fake conservative, or on CNN as a as a Republican expert who's going to come in and, and Hold water for the Democratic Party whenever they want you to. And if you think you have any shot at a presidential bid, I don't know what you're smoking out there in uh, Washington, D.C., my friend, but it's not something they'd get in Wyoming, I guess. I don't know. You are absolutely delusional if you think That you're going to have a legitimate chance at being the president of the United States. (laughs) You can't even win a Congress bid in a completely red state like Wyoming. You got no chance. Your political future is over. You swung three times and you missed. You struck out. You're out. Bye-bye. See you later. Poof. Vamos. Move it along. So for that and many, many more reasons, Liz Cheney. You have earned yourself a big, fat, classic. Come on, man. And that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Juicebox, Truthbox, for being the best producer east of the Mississippi and south of the Mason-Dixon line. Nobody better than you at it, my man. Dominated as usual. And for all you out there, all you listeners, please give us a, a subscribe and a like on Apple and Spotify. That's all I'm asking right now. Other than that, all I have to say to you guys is thanks thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.